You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, hosted on the Line of Sight Podcast Network. Line of Sight is proud to host War Machine University, Brawl Machine, and Fallen Corvus, as well as numerous content creators like Field of Fire, Lightbringers, Brawler Bios, Vicarious Competition, Midnight Monpod, and Charge and Spike. You can find our content at loswarmachine.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 164 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler. I'm here with Brett. Hi, I'm here. Well, 90%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, Jaden. Hey, we're all here. Yeah. Got the whole the whole crew. How's it going, everybody? Well. Yeah. I told Spring break. I told someone I told someone they would get drowned if uh, they rolled their dice wrong today. So that was a that was fun. <laughs> oh, well, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mistyped frowned upon and did drowned on. <laughs> uh, that chat. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. You also gave us a hard stance on refusing to lick anything for the podcast. Which <laughs> felt like, it felt like I really shows like... a lack of commitment. <laughs> I know that's normal for interns, but, you know, I got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember that in your contract. Face. There was there was nothing about not having to lick stuff that was in your contract. To my There's understanding, nothing about having to lick stuff. <laughs> That's not how this works, Brett. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Uh, it's we're in a mood. I hope you're excited. <laughs> yep. Yeah. These time. casts are always the spicy ones. Hey, man. Last cast I was on, I spent just eight hours editing it. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Um, and, and the worst thing is that everyone loved it, so now you have to do more. I know I have to do it five more times. <laughs> I am I am excited and not all at once. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna uh, be glorious. I'm so, I'm so pumped to hear the other ones. Yeah, uh, I get to do more voices. Those are always fun. Um, yeah, news. Uh, Predator Press posted a new uh, Marcher Worlds overview for anybody interested in the lore for that particular faction. Oh, they did? Nice. Yep. They, yep. they announced the next um, Riot Quest thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. The, the Kickstarter's coming very soon, like in two <laughs> weeks kind of deal. Yeah. Pretty quick here. Yes, um, and I love the name. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's What's the name? I missed it. Chili Con Carnage. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other thing what was I going to say? Um, Warcaster Collision Course stuff is shipping. Oh, uh, wow. Those of you in Asia and Australia, your stuff's already—they uh, said it's all, all already shipped. Wow! Um, so, Europe, so six to ten weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Europe and South America, I think. I forget. I know Europe at least uh, is this week, mm-hmm. and nice. uh, North American stuff's going out next week. That's I cool. think they, they said it. Awesome af- yeah, they said awesome kind of kind of lines up at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of what they're aiming for. They're they're wanting to right. kind of stagger them out so that people are kind of getting them as as close as they can. So that's what. Yeah, they front loaded. But basically, if you're further away, you got front loaded. Yeah, they uh, learned but, from their first one pretty good. Yeah, but we'll, but we'll probably still get things after a lot of us because 
Yeah, uh, North because it does Coast. take forever. But that, that depends on how many canals get blocked in the meantime. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So seriously. what are the what are the what are the odds on Suez Canal getting a second lane now? Uh, I mean, slim to none. Yeah. So, so my, my favorite some kind of something. My my favorite thing I learned from the from the whole ordeal was that apparently at one point. Um, they were planning on uh, yeah. digging another canal, uh, except by dig, I mean explode, explode. 100 nukes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like 100-something nukes. Yeah, somebody dug up <laughs> old paperwork about it where somebody was like, we could dig another canal with bombs, <laughs> nuclear <laughs> bombs. And it's like, uh-huh, this is like in like the early 60s, I think. Yeah, yeah it's pretty special. It's par for the course. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It's just like, whatever, we'll just irradiate the entirety of Egypt. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Uh, Good times. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any other particular, like, Privateer Press news. Do we have anything for I us mean, specifically we want to announce? <laughs> I have a list mm-hmm. of things. All right, let's 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 go into this. So, Brawl Machine Update Beta League for the first update is we're going to be closing registration here on, I believe April 28th or 29th. It's one of those two dates and we're, we're kicking off on May 1st or 2nd. Hold on. I need to double check this because it's been a hot second since I looked, uh, do, 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 do. Mm, yep. Looks, hold on. Did I not actually April 30th? Okay. Yeah. May, oh, so lists are finalized on April 30th. I'll be sending out lists, uh, form pretty quick here for everybody that's already signed up we've got like 30 people signed up already um round of the league is beginning on may 1st there will probably only be one update league uh we're we're testing a very minimal set of things um most of the the scenarios that are going in are are looking promising already uh maybe a couple slight tweaks between now and when we actually test them um, and then, you know, a couple things on the epic list, which uh, mostly we just need confirmation on a few points, but, you know, got to test them anyway. And then at the end of all of that, so in May or June, I'm not sure which one of these, I'm going to be running the next Fallen Corvus beta league. I am very, very close to having that ready to just like launch and just have the rules out there in, in the universe. Um, but we're not going to be doing a Brawl Machine Beta Update League and a Fallen Corvus League at the same time because I'm a human being and I don't want to do it. Um, yeah, so look for that soon. Um, you know, all things continuing to progress. Uh, I got a pretty chunky delay there because turns out I have a torn meniscus and working while you're in that much pain is not the best thing in the world. And then finally, I'm just going to announce this here because I'm going to post the announcement tomorrow anyway. We are going to be running a Brawl Machine three-person team event uh, in July. The announcement's going up tomorrow, which will be uh, April 9th. And we're going to take uh, registration until the middle of May. We'll take lists until the middle of, like, early of beginning of June. And then the actual tournament is going to be in July and August because we're also running it like a league. What that means is you get a week to play your team's matches. And we're doing that because basically every single piece of feedback we've seen about like condensed online tournaments is that they're the worst and that the league format is just way better for players. So we're going to do that. And it's going to be great. We're going to we're going to have a 64 
team cap. Um, I'm trying to con a couple of other people into running it for me so that the line of sight guys can play as a team, um, which would be very, very cool. We haven't done that in a long time. And it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Seems um, good. Speaking of exciting Brawl Machine stuff, we're we're also putting together plans for Brawl Machine at Warfare Weekend, and we're having a lot of fun with those. <laughs> I'm excited. Yep. That's true. I don't know how much we're actually allowed to say about it besides the fact that it's happening, but look for an announcement from Warfare Weekend pretty quick here about uh, what Brawl Machine is going to look like at Warfare Weekend. We've got a lot of stuff coming, actually, like way more than I thought we were going to get. And they conned me into running something, so <laughs> you know, that's how excited I am. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, all right. That's the line of sight news. Um, <clears throat> Very nice. There, there you go. That means we get to talk about what we're talking about today. Woo. Tautologies. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we, this is from the Patreon, yeah? Yeah, this was the Patreon vote for the month. Very cool. Um, yeah, so those of us uh, on our Patreon for our second and third tiers, Warcaster and Warjack tiers, uh, were able to vote on what kind of stuff uh, they wanted us to talk about going into this month, and we decided to hit on that today. And the the one that got the most votes was a scenario breakdowns episode where we actually dig into the Steamroller packet and uh, go through the scenarios one by one, and we're going to talk about them a little bit. Um, this is, of course, Steamroller 2019, because that's <laughs> the world we live in. Uh, we did not get a Steamroller packet last year. Um, maybe we'll get one this year. I don't know. It'll who knows? Be, who knows? That would be neat. Uh, we were supposed to get one last year, so I'm assuming one's in the works. But for now, we'll talk about the one that we got, which is kind of interesting because it is... We've been playing on this one for a very long time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And thankfully. On a, honestly, it's not a bad one. Yeah, I was going to no, say, it's thankfully, a it's a very good packet. I, I do like this packet, like, quite a bit. Uh, so things my, could have been my, a lot worse. My, yeah, my only complaint is the objectives. And, like, that is, that's not even that big of a deal. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. minor, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yep. So uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, we, I mean, a good order to do them in is the order that they are in. So <laughs> did let's, it. let's let's give an overview first. And also thank you for the tautology. Yeah, um, that's what I'm here so for. What so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the scenarios. We're going to talk about how live they are. Now, this is a term that's thrown around a lot. And it's to, it's to say basically how much danger are you in of losing the game on scenario without noticing. Um, or alternatively, how, how much ability is there to just take a quick scenario win, even when things are going badly. And so there's a mm -hmm. lot of factors that go into that, and we'll try and explain it. We're also going to try and talk about how it kind of skews deployment or list building. Um, there's a couple times where it does, and we'll just go over that. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I want to rank them, but I think we should just put them in the two tiers for now, where there's a live tier and a, not, and a dead I mean, tier. We can, we can rank them at the end. Yeah. I thought you were... I thought you meant like how good they were. I was like, so we're just going to go with two tiers, good and bad. It's <laughs> <was> like, uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> yep. Well, I can't, I can't do that because well, by like the worst scenarios are the ones I like the best <laughs> because I can just win on them. Yep. That, yeah. that's welcome, welcome to tournament play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the very first scenario on our packet is King of the Hill. Um, how alive is King of the Hill? Oh I, my gosh. 
Okay, so for one thing, one thing it has is it has objectives. Objectives always liven up a scenario a little bit because that's a that's an extra boost of points that you're able to get at some point. However, one thing I'll say about this one is this one is like <laughs> this one is live if you don't have quite the right tools. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So this is this is one of the strangest ones in the transition yes. to 2019 because yeah. it's the first one that is literally the entire table. Yeah, yep. and that, that was a big push from when we when we got into this scenario packet. Scenarios widened out quite a bit. And there's two scenarios in particular that that are pretty far to the sides, and this is definitely the more extreme of the two. Yeah. Um, so this one, uh, King of the Hill is is very very interesting. It's definitely one that I've had to like. It's one of those ones you do have to keep an eye on uh, in would list you, building a lot. Yeah. Would you? I I would argue this is the one that affects list building the most. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's it's like this and like maybe bunkers, but we'll talk about that. But <laughs> next, <laughs> yeah, next, <laughs> yeah, because the big thing about this one is that it's got the rectangle zones that are f- way out to the sides, and there's a couple of things that these because rectangle zones being scored by battle group models and battle, battle units, units right? yeah. and so what this means is that you need to be able to spread out quite a bit with those types of models. The easiest to work with are going to be fast battle engines by a long shot. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then second, second place is extended control range, extended uh, control range or things like juniors. If you have them, that's, that's one thing that Legion performs extremely well on this scenario right now because of blight archons being so prevalent. Which is not how it was when this which was is, released. Which pre-Blight Archons, Legion couldn't play this scenario like at <laughs> <Yeah>. all. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Yeah, because yeah, you had to like bring a rake. Like nobody wants to do that. Yeah, you had yeah, to and they were eight points stuff. at the time. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, so, like some notable models, like right off the top of my head, Tridents are very dominant on this scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are the, extremely the, the irritating. Best... Well, and so yeah, you what we're ta- what we're saying is basically if a model can be touching the edge of the board and still be relevant, it's going to be incredible in the scenario. Yeah. Yes. The battle engines with long ranges, gun uh, jacks or beasts with long ranges on on guns or things like sprint reposition. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah and- because you have, yeah just like affecting the whole board isn't really necessary, but being able to charge across the zone and sprint back is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, however, I will say that uh, another kind of list building consideration, if you have access to it, is this scenario is so good for ambushers. Uh-huh. If you have anything that ambushes, this is like the best scenario. Well, it or the other one has certain things going for it. But the big thing about this is that the vast majority, probably all ambush units do have charge range to the objective when they ambush uh-huh. it. Yes, um, uh, unless they were speed. Hold on. They have to be like speed five with like a half inch melee or something. It's uh, no, I think that even gets five, eight, eleven. Yeah, well, speed only five half only inch one. melee, which but I can't one, think only of. Only one would get there. The only thing I can think of is like drudges, <laughs> 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 and they, and they have other ways to deal with that. But um, yeah. yeah, this means that like yeah, ambushers being able to come in and break objectives. The other thing is that ambushers being able to come in and assault whatever models the opponent has put there Especially is really trends. great. Tridents, yeah, a, a good am- damaging ambushing unit in a Tridents here is super good because it forces the Trident to constantly decide, is it pointing the shield at your army or at the ambushers? Right. 
and it can't pick both usually depending on the positioning but um one, one thing i would advise with ambushers is hold them as long as you can because as soon yeah. as they pick a side they're not as good yes unless you're trolls and you have two units oh sure <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah bears bears on this one are a nightmare they're super good they're really good um, um as far as like the middle of the table um what's funny is I feel like I've had this part scored more by my caster than by units. <laughs> um, and it's usually pretty far into the game. And so that's, that's where so like the, the, how live or not the scenario often ends up is basically like it, this scenario is kind of fought on those, those edge rectangles. Yeah. And then you just need to make sure you have the bodies to hold the center. Right. Um, so this is one of those scenarios where it turns like you go from your deployment zones to the sides of the board. You each pick a side and you're fighting towards the center of the board from there. Yeah. A lot of the time you yeah. fight it kind of diagonals on this one. And usually the side you, I don't know, there's a couple ways you can do it. Usually I end up leaning towards the side that my objective is on just because it has bonuses. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I usually do the opposite. Right. So I, I was going to say <laughs> now yeah. the other way is that your objective is already contesting. So you don't need to worry about that. So it depends a little bit on, you have and to think about what it is you want from killing theirs. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I still, think, I still think you need to deploy, not not strictly a unit, but like a segment of your army to each of the three places. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so. I think that that calls interesting, Brett. By the way, about because that's that's me being an attrition player, whereas you're more likely yeah. through the scenario, right? I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna hold on. I'm gonna get my bonuses for my objective, then push you out, right? And you're like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna laser down your objective and take this area. <laughs> yeah. Well, because uh, I'm often playing high threat range lists, so like I step into that zone and they're not gonna follow me, so then I go kill yeah, the objective. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm I'm by nature a counter puncher. I yeah. I, I eat it and, and hit back. Yeah, um, and I, I wonder if that's why my games always end up horizontal because we both deploy to opposite sides, so we just kind of run past each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, for me, the the center starts getting scored late, late game usually. So if this one is live, it's because one of you didn't have the tools to hold the edges and the center. Yeah. Um, I will so. also say that this is one that terrain can massively impact in ways that it can't on all the other scenarios. If yep. one yeah, of the sides gets to score the flag with a protected piece of terrain, it is a massively different game. Yeah. Similarly. I, I, I've definitely played the scenario where there's like a curved forest, like hugging the flag and you're like, well, mm -hmm. I guess I'm on that side. <laughs> yeah. Um, Similarly, I, if there's a piece of terrain protecting an objective, it can also skew the game. I was also going to say, if there's a building between the zones, <laughs> I can really fuck up the game because it's so it fun. Just, That's it's... why I always try to put like some really obnoxious thing between the zones because it, it makes yeah. it so it makes the game way spicier because yeah. <laughs> you're like, can you get across? Because <laughs> this. Yeah, this is one of those where it takes up so much of the table that this is one that definitely can turn into two to three separate small fights really easily because depending on how the, the terrain is laid out. Yeah, it's a and fun scenario, which, I like which is one of the big reasons that it killed Brickless, right? Like, yeah, Maylock. Yeah, Maylock can't handle this at all. Right. Basically. Or, well, the old Maylock list. Maybe the new one can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm so. a big fan of King of the Hill. But, yeah, it's, it is situationally alive. It is, this is one of the ones that checks your list building harder than yeah. most of the scenarios. Yeah. Sure. I would this put is... it in the dead tier for now, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, also, one other thing I'd like to just sort of like toss out there that we didn't really discuss earlier, but like, is this an is this a scenario where you prefer to go first or second most of the time? Just uh, in general. Uh, hmm. 
Uh, I mean, it depends. I think first for this one. I, I was very... going to say second. We just I talked about how important say terrain second. was. Yeah, again, again, well, it just it just depends. Yeah. Well, so I think terrain and ambush puts it over the top. Oh wait, ambush is better going first. Ambush is better going first. Although it's yeah. better in this specific scenario because you can uh, ambush on turn two and kill the objective. Yeah. 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 I personally like going second a little bit better on this one just because I find that, and th- this is again, it has to be like you have to be playing on a table where the terrain is actually relevant. Um, or else going second is basically never the correct call if the train isn't relevant. Um, but I, I do prefer to go second on this scenario a lot. I would also, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, um, very specific, specific deployment tip. Uh, Hermit goes in the center and runs twice. Yes, and then contests that flag and says, do you have six attacks? Or if, or if I'm not quite on the flag, he walks up and, you know, Master Ruins, whatever they're contesting with. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. His deployments are very easy on this. Our, yep. Like not non Marwin Archons, non Minute Archons are are less happy with this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the next one. Scenario two is bunkers. This one is live. <laughs> yeah. So live. I, just, <laughs> I love I the, the okay, so incursion was one of the worst scenarios for a long time. And this is just a really good scenario. <laughs> yeah, it takes. Yeah, so this is this is incursion. But what if you had defensive scoring options and an objective? And it's makes it a lot better for sure. Um, I always like the way this one feels. It does feel like bunkers. You have your kind of spot where your caster and your like main stuff is hanging out in the middle and then everything has to kind of go out from there. Um, this one's really nice. The big thing about this. And so I will say that this one's like how much it checked your list building has definitely changed over time because when this scenario came out solos were not as good yeah yeah uh generally speaking we we didn't have as good of solos as we have access to now now a lot of lists are bringing like a handful of really survivable really high value solos mm-hmm. that are able to stand in really aggressive positions which is not something we really had before um but this one seriously it, it it's a little more spread out than you think <laughs> when well it's you... tied it's tied for the, the... Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just the nature of the models that need to be out on the edges. It can be really, really tough if you don't have the right tools. But um, this is one of those ones where you go into this one and you have some very specific targets because the less solos your opponent has, the easier this one gets to control. Yep. (laughs) Which means targeting down solos, if possible, is a huge deal on this scenario. Um, this is one of those ones that like the player who goes first can really, really easily just lose. Oh, yes. See, I was going to argue the opposite. I was going to say this scenario is what makes high threat range so dangerous. Oh, for sure. No, it, yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, well, that's the thing is if your if your threat ranges are extremely far, I feel like, yeah. Or like AD is really good in general, but right. Because you go first, you start fighting in their rectangle zone and they're like struggling to contest. And then that's, that's almost unwinnable. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, well, so, but the part of the thing I would like, say we're talking about like strange bedfellows, Mm -hmm. you honestly threaten so far that even if you're going (laughs) second, you're still doing that. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they can't move as far forward. So you're still like, okay. And now you get to score earlier. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I, I just wanted to point out there that if you can make the fight happen in their rectangle zone, you're well on your way to winning. Yeah. It's nuts. If, if at any point you score 
three on it, your turn on the flags or even like one on their turn it's uh, it's often I'll win, hard yeah often i'll get into a position where i can score two flags my zone in their objective and it's like it, there's no coming back from that yeah yeah this is this is a really easy one to score three to four in a turn on if yeah. if they haven't positioned out right or if you're just threatening far with high value stuff mm-hmm. um, um okay yeah on the flip yeah. side if your threat yes. ranges are very, very similar, this is super dead. <laughs> it can be, it's, yeah. This one, this is one where you can have games where nobody ever scores. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, but it's it's only if the yeah, if there's any skew to threat ranges or survivability, a lot of the time it will like it will still swing pretty wildly all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I, I I think you're right, Jaden. I think um, in an attrition game, it'll look like nothing's happening on scenario for a long time, and then suddenly it'll swing by yeah. several points. Yeah, that, that's you can. You can score six in one turn on this. <laughs> yes, I mean, they're can. dead. They're dead if you're doing that. But five of those is actually pretty doable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, four. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like, and also, if you're oh, if you're if you're playing this and you can like I've won a number of games where I've I've deliberately set myself up because like I know I can't alpha them. So I'll set up to let them score like four points. And that fourth point is a highly variable maybe. And if they do score that point, then I'm probably going to lose. But if they don't, I now get to counterpunch their entire list and score back to parity. So there's a lot of like variance that can go on in, the, in, in, in bunkers, I found. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to pick out solos, right? Because if, um, if you get all their fast solos and they have to like run up their support pieces, that's, mm-hmm. that's much, then they'll have to put more stuff to protect it. Or yeah, that makes yep, that strategy yeah. way better. Yep. Um, yep. So as far as list building, we talked about solos. Not as big of a deal, but obviously the the like if you have a Marwin Archon, this is their dream. Um, yeah, Marwin yeah, Archon's I've, like this scenario. I, I've played against some some of the toughest matchups I've ever played on this scenario were lists that had like yeah, just stacked up like multiple Marwin Archons with like other Archons as well, maybe Thamorites, and it's just like. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, I, I often put the Morrowinds in between the flags and then the other solos on the flags. Yeah, right. So you can't um, not be looking at them, and or you can't not be within five. Right. This is hard um, too, anyway. Yeah. I would also like to point out that in contrast to the last one, ambush is pretty weak here. You already want to be playing pretty central. Yeah. And encouraging your opponent to do that doesn't help you. Yeah, it doesn't much. The the only thing it can really do is like save you on a flag if you lose control of it, but that's really about it. So so again, bears are great because they're cheap. You don't mind yeah. if they just go well. And, and certain like really fast like ambush solos like Anastasia wouldn't be terrible mm. just because she can just run to a flag if it's ever uncontested and be like free. That's, yeah. that's actually a great point. I think ambush solos are incredible on this. Yeah, Anastasia, Hutchuck, um, they both absolutely thrive on this particular scenario. Yeah, but like units, like combat units, they're not they're not helping you a whole lot. Uh, scenario three, spread. Whoa, whoa, wait. we oh, we got to talk about deployment. Oh sure. Um, I think the only thing I have to say here is I often to choose two of the flags, and one of them's the center flag. So basically, it's kind of kind of similar to how I deployed the last one, where I pick. Yeah, you you lean a little bit flags. to one side. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't get nearly as horizontal because you need to keep your back zone. Um, yeah. It's also it's also a really interesting um, place to flex your placement ability because if you can set up your models in such a way that your opponent's models cannot really run to contest your zone, uh, you're in really really good shape. 
I've I've been on both sides of that where it's like, well, your warjacks plus your solos slash your support units are positioned in such a way that the model that I was going to run to contest, which you knew I was going to do because I measured it, can't. <laughs> well, that's I mean, that's definitely a thing to note, though, is that if if you have if if something about your list design allows you to reach out and contest their zone while holding them off from contesting yours and the flags remain neutral the entire time, you're winning, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's another, that's another way this, that's, you're right, that's another way the scenario becomes live, is if you score your zone on their turn. And they, and they don't, especially, if you ever make oh, that yeah. happen, well, that's, like, welcome that's to hell. That's the end of all things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, that's if, when if you, you start have, making risky if, plays. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, even if you're if you're just if you're able to sacrifice something to just contest at the end of your turn on their side and they can't do that, then that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next one is spread the net. Spread the net's been around forever. Yeah. I don't think it really changed, right? When the, no. Well, it, our, the world our perception around. sure has. No, the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. the world definitely changed around. it. I used to hate the well, scenario a lot more than I do now. Well, yeah, because this used to be the widest scenario, the livest scenario, uh, <laughs> like yeah no yeah. it's not it's no. not it's still got it still definitely has aspects of it but i feel like lists are just more flexible just by nature of the list building we do for other scenarios and the way the game's gone over I time i would still argue the scenario is live it is it is absolutely yeah. so you can think of this as bunkers turned sideways a little bit mm-hmm. yeah okay. um, it's not as explosive because it doesn't have the objective and it's a lot easier to contest the center um but it's a lot harder to contest the uh, the zones. The zones in particular are very difficult. Yeah. They're so off to the corner. Um, yeah. The, yeah. And like the center is a little easier to like maintain control of just because they're like neutral uh, there because it's bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and there's often a nice piece of defensive terrain there that both of you can kind of use to not let the other person score very yeah, much. There's, yeah, there's usually a big you know forest or building or whatever in the middle there. Uh, the flags are definitely further back. They you you could call them defensively scorable things, but they are far enough forward to be like a, a assaultable. Yeah, they're pretty yep. easily charged from like something that's towing the zone on the far side. Yeah, generally yeah. speaking. But the the big thing uh, is just getting stuff in to contest those the rectangle zones can be very very difficult. Yep, and these are the opposite. You want like samurai archons love those flags. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah any any kind of like long range don't come mm-hmm. near me type model like that can just yeah. sit on that flag and, and work. And I often put Hermit on these flags and he doesn't love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he can't do anything there. Um, um, I also find that this one's a lot less explosive, like I said. Um, and But it's kind of funny. I, I deploy similarly to the way I do for King of the Hill, where I'm like, I want 90% of my force on their side because I got to fight over that zone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I'll just have a token effort on on my square zone. Right. Yeah, and that often ends up being kind of the way it goes. Um, it, it's a really interesting scenario. Well, it, because it's diagonal, and it's, that makes the the center line much wider. It's really hard to control the space like you do in bunkers. Yeah. Uh, I will say that having things to snipe out solos similar with bunkers uh, is even better on this one, mostly because the solos have to be so out of their way <laughs> to be over yeah. on that flag that it's pretty often they don't have other solos that are close enough to run there. Yeah, uh, like that's just depending on what tools they have. But 
uh, yeah, being able to snipe out whatever they've got sitting on that flag is is a big deal. Um, um, and also more similar to King of the Hill, ambush is excellent in every form. Yeah, I will say that. It, so ambush, I think it is. It's, it's better on King of the Hill just because it's so yeah. far up at the side. But uh, yeah, uh, ambush solos really really good uh, for if they ever leave their flag unattended for one. Or or if or all the solos on your flag die. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is that ambushing units, especially if they have any kind of survivability, they can get into the enemy rectangle and just like be there. So um, irritating. <laughs> I mean, if they have like if they have a piece of terrain in the wrong spot, like even yeah. a, even a really weak ambushing unit can just be like, you're not scoring this for like two rounds because you have to like walk around this building or whatever and come clear us out. I've had like cultists just chill there. Yeah. And they're and like, they, well, I have this wall, so good luck. Yeah, and generally the caster is hanging out in that zone, and they don't like getting pushed towards the center. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah, if you've got any good aggressive ambush unit that can like do work, um, and, and it's honestly like there are definitely times where I've seen people like not really like kind of what you were talking about, where they like barely hold their own zone, and they're just like, yeah, I got like my caster in it, and like I don't know this beast that has a gun or something. And suddenly you have like a whole ass unit in there and they're like, oh, I got to turn around. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> all my stuff's yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah. serious. Yeah. I did a great job of clearing that zone. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's kind of interesting, too, because either the zone like the back zone tends to be held pretty well or the back fl- or your flag is, tends to be held pretty well, but not both. And ambush models typically can get to both of those things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think this is another one where when I'm playing it, I'm extremely aggressive and trying to go for the scenario win because it is it is theoretically possible to get four points. Um, mm. But even getting three, like it's much easier. For some reason, it's just way easier to contest their zone than it is on bunkers. It does. Feel, yeah, it does. Feel uh, easier. It's got I think it's a few inches closer, isn't it? Uh, Hold on. Certainly. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, yeah, you're right. It's four yeah, inches. It's closer. quite a bit. Closer. Yeah, it's four inches closer. So, yeah, it's oh, like that's um, that's why. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think the deployment tip, uh, unlike King, so, um, large bases are great in this one. I believe large bases can, can contest both a square and a circle zone at the same time. I think that's correct. Um, so stick, yeah, so sticking a Marwin Archon on their corner is extremely irritating. (laughs) Yeah. Or even something like if a devastator runs for three turns and just plants itself there, it's like, well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and that's another reason why it's so easy to contest. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's also conversely, if you're positioning well, pretty easy to stop your opponent from contesting because you know where they want to be anyway, and so you can yeah, block those landing opponent. spots with models. Yep, because there's exactly one spot they want to be. Yep, yep. That's yeah. true. And um, again, st- people will measure to make sure that they can do that, and so yeah. just you know, notice that and then respond to it. Or get really good at eyeballing it so your opponent doesn't know you're going to do that. I so often (laughs) skip measurements because I don't want them to see me do it. (laughs) It happens Um, happens all the time. And you should also... uh, That should be the last move of your turn is blocking that spot. Yeah. Because generally they're not going to be doing much work and it's going to throw off your opponent's plan at the worst possible time. Definitely. Um, any, Any deployment suggestions? Uh, I don't know. We talked about it a little bit. You, you kind of have to pick which battle you're going for here. Uh, yeah, there, there's. It, it feels slightly more like one battle than it does on King of the Hill. Yeah, um, yeah but slightly still more. Um, Lessers are still great again because they can go grab that far zone with their Warjack. 
or just mm-hmm. hang out in your zone and let your caster do work in other parts of the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would I would argue that this this scenario is among the top three live ones. Yeah. Out of the, yeah, top three. I think I think that's pretty. Yes. Good. Yeah. Glancing through the rest of them. Yes. We 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 get a lot less live for the vast most part on our way down from here. So. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I would say that the first three scenarios are probably probably the most I, live. I would. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, and Anarchy could be really live. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, after Spread the Net, we have Invasion. Uh, Which this one is dead. It's dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is uh, that's not to say it's a bad scenario by any means, um, but it's it's definitely like this is not one you're going to be like, whoop, zero army points destroyed one on scenario. Like it's that's very difficult on this one. Yeah, uh, like, like brick, brick lists thrive on the scenario. Yeah, you're your army moves forward and it is now contesting everything. Like if, as long as you are in the middle of the table horizontally, (laughs) uh, you, you now are contesting all of the things. Um, admittedly like the, the objective can spike it a little bit, but it's only enough. It's only a little bit. Yeah. the, The reason we call this one dead is because, if you control 12 inches of the center of the board, or if you just have models in 12 inches of the, center of the board, you can test everything. So you yeah, don't yeah. need to spread out. You don't need to go like, unless you're trying to take a zone, you don't need to put anything off to the side of the table, which yeah. is why it often comes down to attrition. Yeah. Uh, um, this, um, th- I was going to say, because, because it's so thin, that central terrain can really change the game. Like yes, if it's, right. if it's a cloud, um, there's a lot of fighting that goes on in the center of the zone. If it's like a forest or a building, you suddenly have like two even tinier fronts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one this one's really easy to get split up on. Um, that's why I love fire clouds in the middle of this one because it makes you choose. <laughs> <laughs> You're it's like, uh, I have the option to go into the middle. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely much less live. It also has because of the the it has one of the best. Uh, really, these these next three scenarios have really good objective placement for getting whatever uh, bonus you're getting from your objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one probably has the most aggressive, like easy to just use one because a lot of the time your support and army is like almost right behind it. Yeah, it's in the mm-hmm. same place as recon, but your whole army yeah. there anyways. Uh, this one's pretty much like symmetrical as far as deployment. Um I mean, you're going to pick like if you're if you're going for taking control of one of the circular scenarios, then you're going to probably pick one to push down a little bit more. Um, uh, I would argue that this one you very much want to go first. Yeah, yeah. Just, you want to you want to be the first one into the middle of the table and make them come to you. That's kind of where you're at. The The only way that going second can possibly be a benefit is if you identify from the very, very beginning that you're playing to turn seven and you want to score last. Sure. Which yeah. is which is reasonable. That probably happens a lot. Yeah. Yes. On this on this one, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this, these, this is the this is one of the scenarios for grinding long games yeah. for sure. And uh, and you'll note that this is only one of arguably two that are like that, and that's mm-hmm. why there's yeah. a lot less brick lists and a lot more threat range lists. I will say, if you have really high like really high value units that are able to get like a ton of work done and threaten the entire zone. Like God's Thorn Ravagers on this scenario are such a nightmare. Um, <laughs> just like my zone now <laughs> like cleaned it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, they, they can be really, really difficult. So if you are able to get an early like one or two point lead on this one, it's nightmarish to claw yeah, back. That's, most that's of the time. kind of the strategy, honestly, is like to get ahead and then score even even if you're only ahead by one or two points. Um, that's that's, that's, all, kind that's all you of need. Yeah. 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 And sometimes on the scenario being one point ahead, you can still win if you go first at the bottom of seven. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just flood, get enough crap in the zones, and it's, yeah. it's definitely very doable. Um, yep, I like this scenario. You can get in the middle and fight. That's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my deal. I, I do want to point out that because the central terrain is so relevant, um, if if it's if it's like a building or a forest, like having your caster there can put like their feet and their spells affecting mm-hmm. everything. And if you have a really good flying model, like I don't know, just picking one off the top of my head, a gas before like sticking them behind there where it's like the only place that matters can really swing the game. Flying models with sprint. Are Flying models with sprints are. Oh as yeah. A, as Legion. a Legion player, that's basically yeah. my life is. And if there's a building in the middle, I'm like, that's where Golab or Zuriel on a blight archon goes is right there yep. where you can just walk over, kill the objective and fly back behind a building. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty brutal. It, it's good on every scenario, but it feels more relevant here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I will say if this is one where if you do have tools like King of the Hill to like hang out on the the table edges way out on the sides and contest the zones from there, uh, that can be pretty obnoxious. Um, I've definitely definitely done that quite a bit. Yeah, that can help you win on turn seven. Yeah. And so like I I actually like ambushing units on this one are are pretty decent because the they have scorable elements out to the sides. And they'll if you start to lose a side, they're very good at shoring that weakness up or slamming the hammer down on a side. You're already winning yeah, um, scoring it usually. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless they're playing like a straight up brick list, in which case it's hard to get close enough. But mm-hmm. you don't see those a whole lot these days. But if somebody has one, they'll drop it on this scenario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to fight a brick list in this scenario. Uh, scenario number five, Anarchy. Which I think they just called because everything looks like it was placed randomly. It does. <laughs> uh, so the, um, this one has uh, zones out on the three inch, three inches away from the, the far edges. It's not quite as far as uh, King of the Hill was, but they're still way out there. Um, and then it kind of has this like no man's land right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, which uh, and then you've got the obviously the two offset flags and the two objectives. Um, this is probably one of the ones where like central terrain. I don't know, depending a little bit on how it's angled, it's not going to come up as much because yeah. this one is already designed to make you fight two fights. Yes. Yeah. Um, I often talked about how you have to deploy for three fronts and this one. It's 100 percent two two fronts. Yeah, there's You're just, fighting over the yep. flag in the zone and that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like the objective is even on your defensive flag side. <laughs> right. Like their objective is. Yeah. Uh, so you're like you set up there. You're already going to have more forces there. This one gets really violent, but over two different areas. So the, I, this scenario always gets really scrappy. Yeah. Because uh, you're like trying often, to you're trying to divvy out your resources to two very disparate points. I often find 
like a unit or a warjack or something gets stranded by the objective and then has to like make its way back to, to their side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have that happen. I have a lot of games where like this will be two very even fights, but as soon as one side is won, the other side is often losing. It's always kind of interesting because it's like, well, I put more resources there, so now I'm losing the other side. So it like becomes a case of who can move their force that won to the other side faster. Right. Um, would you argue? Would you argue that this is much better going second? Uh, I could see it being. I think being able to counter deploy on this one is actually really nice because of how split up it is um, yeah, as far yeah. as scoring like maybe everything's pretty contestable on this one the scoring elements are very far forward yeah uh, but being able to counter deploy is actually very good on this scenario I, I think the only problem with going second is that uh, ambush is really good on this one too yeah ambush is extremely ambushing units are, are very very yeah. good here because um, they threaten like some some fast ones threaten like the whole zone pretty much mm-hmm. Um it's, yeah, twelve inch threat is. Yeah, all you need is that you need a you need probably a little more than a twelve inch threat to have like. Oh yeah, real more than yeah. one threat in the whole zone. But if you have like a, if you have any way to get like a thirteen inch, thirteen to fourteen inch charge threat on an ambushing thing, like. Yeah, it'll it'll mess things up. Yeah. Um, uh, I think this one is more live, but definitely in the dead tier. Yeah, it's not super live. It it this one is definitely like. You'll get the objective as early as you can, and then it, it just comes down to one side losing, and then you'll start scoring really quickly over there. Like once once you have lost a side, they will score to five very fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because they're scoring on both turns usually, because it's hard to adjust and send anything over there. Um, I really love like big anchors that are also fast in this one. Like that's like Archangel, I love in this scenario. Um, because he can help you win one side and then rush to the other side very, very quickly. Trident, uh, yeah, Trident's incredibly good. I mean, turns out they're good. Um, um I oh shoot, what did I say? Um, I think that uh, so, um, terrain isn't super relevant. It's just kind of a weird scenario. Oh, the thing I love most about the scenario is that it is very much attrition based, but it does not favor bricks. Bricks hate this this scenario. Yep. You want you want very flexible, mobile stuff that attrition's yeah. well, which is. Definitely not the same as Invasion. <laughs> yeah. Or the next one. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So I, that's what I like about this one is that it's not super live, but it's very, very different. This is one of my favorite scenarios. It, it's, it gets so... I, I love things that really make you fight in like small, small like skirmishes all across the table. And that's kind of what this one ends up doing is yeah. uh, you have a bunch of fights that are having to like figure out what resources from your army they get access to and, and mm-hmm. apply them. It's a fun one. Yep. 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 And our last, our final scenario, it's Reckon. <laughs> Reckon 2. Reckon 2. Reckon-y. Yep. Uh, Recon 2, uh, scenario 6. Um, is is this the oldest scenario still in the packet? I feel like something about it changed. Oh, that's why it's 2, yeah. Yeah, that is why it's 2. Because so I, like, I feel like Spread the Net has to have been around longer. But that's... I. I used to I hate spread the net so much. I just feel like it's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, but I like, yeah, some form of recon. Yeah. has been around. has definitely been around for a while. I think the flags moved to the corner. Or something it's like it was, it was a flag placement thing. I just, yeah. I think they were in the center before, but I, yeah. I don't remember exactly. Uh, it was a while ago <laughs> in a time before time. Um, 
Yeah. So recon, uh, this is an extremely simple scenario as far as layout. It's very similar to invasion as far as just like being kind of like there's a couple zones and yeah, there's a couple zones in the middle. Um, the big thing about this one is that it's, it's entirely scorable by solos and battle group models. There's no circular zone, um, similar to bunkers, but bunkers is all about solos. Whereas this one, you really want those, like those beasts, jacks, uh, battle engines being able to score. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, so much of the focus of this scenario ends up being on the flags. Yep. <laughs> like, so the, the flags are like the beating heart of, of how this scenario plays out. Cause usually this is how like almost every turn it feels like goes is put my solo on flag, kill his solo or contest his flag. Yep. Their turn, they kill my stuff, put guy on their flag kill my solo or contest my flag. And you just like trade back and forth doing that over and over again while holding down the rectangle zones. Yeah. And it's just very, like this. Very, you'll very, very rarely score their flag. Yeah. It's incredibly hard. It's, it's so easy to defend. Like your army is just going to be there by, by its nature. Uh-huh. Um, this one also has a very aggressively centered objective. Uh, so any kind of buffs, buffs from your objective, you're going to get very, very easily. But it's also pretty targetable because it's just like right there. <laughs> yeah. And it's often like in the way it's like. the Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Your your own <laughs> stuff. Well, like especially so take for like huge bases, yeah. the side that has your objective and the flag. If there's like also any terrain involved, like your huge bases often just get completely stuck trying to get through there. And it's really unless they're fast. Yeah. Uh, so like. Those often get forced to your left uh, just mm-hmm. by nature of it being more open over there. Um, I find that terrain is incredibly relevant in this scenario. Yeah, I mean, the ability to like cross like it's just close enough together that you want to be able to have your stuff on one side, help the stuff on the other side a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if the terrain doesn't let you do that, then it can be very, very difficult. I also find that the terrain splits the zones pretty often. Yeah, that's yeah really if there's something in the doing. zone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, big um, building in the zone can really... Like, if you have a building anywhere, like, in front of your flag's side, that's, like, you want to go second. <laughs> Just because it becomes so much more defensible. Mm-hmm. I think there's an argument to be made to go second uh, more often on this one. Yeah. Uh, if you have, like, having the option to target down either target down stuff that they've got like sitting on their flag or defending your own flag um if you can stop them from contesting your flag that's actually a pretty big deal because like i said it usually just plays out the same way of contest their flag score my flag over and over and over again Mm -hmm. um Um, i really love uh mad caps and cascams on this one because yeah make their make the solo every turn (laughs) yep and yeah and that's that's the thing is this one this is a scenario that you only need one solo but you will burn through them yeah like you know it's like bunkers you can kind of like since the flags are just sort of everywhere like people have to divvy out how they're killing your solos and stuff but like this one is it's kind of hard to score a bunch of them so they're not going to be they're not going to always be there whereas this one that you're going to have a solo on that flag every turn yeah and so it's it's just always up there and so hope you brought enough (laughs) to to keep that going um yeah usually how this one is going to play out is either uh, the cadence of flag scoring got screwed up at some point and somebody got ahead one yep. and then they just grind it out to round seven or uh, the attrition wins one side eventually. And yeah. so it's it, this one, you're not going to like 
accidentally a scenario on this one. Uh, it's pretty um, hard. But... Yeah, the closest you come to that is kill the objective, clear your zone, contest both theirs. Yeah, which which is doable, but it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a point swing. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's yes. what he's referring to as like winning attrition, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's basically you need to like, yeah, it's somewhere in like the round five to six area. One of the rectangle sides may get totally cleared out and you'll have nothing left to contest over there. And then they've won. Yeah, um, I actually think this one is relatively bad for long threat ranges because you really only need like 12 inches charge. Yeah, it's all your all your all your threat range gives you on this one is early attrition advantage. Yeah. Which, it's still good. I'm not which is good. It turns out that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, we're saying Strange Bedfellows is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> News at 11. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, yeah. Okay, so this one's definitely dead. Um, I also don't like ambushers on this one at all. No, they, they, have, they have a very hard time threatening anything relevant. Yeah, just deploy them. Okay, so I kind of want to go through and compile some statistics. Sure. So, okay, let's first talk about how many of the scenarios do you want lots of solos on? Uh, lots of solos. So, recon? So yep. one. Um, bunkers. Bunkers, for sure. And maybe anarchy? Maybe spread the net? Maybe anarchy, maybe spread the net. So, definitely, I, I, yeah, two for sure. I, I will say, like, the, the advent of, like, really powerful solos have definitely changed a lot of things about how these, how this, this package works. That's true, yeah, because the the solos you're probably already taking are good enough for anarchy and spread the net. Most of the time, yeah. Lists end up so solo heavy these days. Yeah. Right. Okay. So how many? So one out of three. Um, how many scenarios do you love ambushers on? Uh, King of the Hill for sure. Yep. Bunkers just solo ambushers, so it depends yep. there. Uh, anarchy for sure. Yep. Uh, invasion situationally. But so, but definitely anar anarchy and king of the hill are like. I mean, you can just look at them and go, yeah, I'm yeah. on these. <laughs> like stuff's yeah. way out on the sides, and then yep. like, I'd argue, yeah, yeah, I'd argue half the games they're really good in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, okay. I, I think ambush in general is a bit underrated. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's very very strong. Okay, um, extended control range. I think that's well, certainly necessary for king of the hill. It's like it's like mandatory for King of the Hill. Nice for spread the net. Yeah, I agree. Like not necessary, and, but but good. And if it's relevant to bunkers, you've already won. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, recon. It depends a little, but like for yeah, the most you'll part, often, you'll most often of the time a caster can kind of sit central. But it's actually not the yeah, it's not the worst thing to be able to have your caster sit on the flag. Uh, but if you, like if you're able to keep them defended. But uh, that means they'll have a harder time reaching out to the other scenarios. So you might need you might need some extended control if you're doing that. Um, so I, I would argue, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what about um, where where terrain is relevant? Let's start with like central terrain being relevant. King of the kill. It can be. It depends on exactly where it is. Yeah. Because uh, like if the forest if, if the forest is just like on the flag and it's kind of the right. same for either of you, it's not really relevant. But if it's like hiding the flag from one side, it's a huge deal. Yeah, like a central building um, yeah. is extremely relevant here because it can't be on the flag, so it's going to protect it one way or the other. Yeah, a bunker is kind of similar. Exactly the same. I agree. Yeah. Um, um, 
spread the net, I find terrain central terrain to be really relevant. Uh, yeah, it definitely can be. Yeah, because because if it's closer to one side and you can easily contest the center zone, you can fight the other fronts a lot easier. Uh, invasion, it's an absolute pain in the ass. Correct. <laughs> There's just like a big thing in the middle. Uh, anarchy yep. is probably the least relevant. Yep, I agree. Uh, the nature yeah, of where your armies are, you're just going around that central terrain anyway. And recon, like pretty relevant. It's, yeah, I, I would say extreme, but it's pretty relevant. Yeah, I would argue four out of six, especially if they're buildings. Yeah. Turns out that the addition of the line of sight blocking terrain in the middle was very good for the steamboat pack. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a good suggestion. And then, uh, oh, and then easy fact to notice is that uh, five of the six scenarios have uh, objectives. So whether you need that buff or you need something to take them out easily, most of the time it's going to be valuable. Yeah. All right. I think all that's left to do is rank them. Let's go uh, least live to most. Least live. Is it invasion? Or is it recon? It's got it's got to be invasion. Yeah. That's the argument. It's those two. <laughs> yeah. So it's invasion followed by recon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then uh, recon has see. one more scoring element. <laughs> yeah. Next one. Anarchy, probably. Yeah, it's either anarchy or king of the hill. It's anarchy or king of the hill. So I'd say anarchy is probably a little That's... more dead than king of the hill. I agree. If if your army is built a certain way, King of the Hill is pretty dead, but it's it requires a little bit more. So it's like a point one difference. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and I think you need some very specific things to make it dead. You yeah. Need, like a stealth extended control range model or like an ambushing unit. Yeah. Which means basically the top two for most live is spread the net and then bunkers. I think bunkers is probably the most potentially live. Absolutely agree. Uh, I'll yeah. spread, spread the net is very live and don't forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, spread the net's very live, but with like a really good commitment, you can definitely contest it like well enough. Bunkers can just spiral so hard so fast. <laughs> You're like, oh, he scored three on my turn. I think, it's I think an argument could be made that we base too much of the raw machine design on bunkers because we're falling. Uh, yeah, a lot. A lot of them do do have a very bunkers feel as far as like how they can play for sure. Yep. And and so uh, I think I would say that like four of the six are winnable on scenario. So yeah. it's like having a scenario list is very relevant. Yeah, definitely. And and so the reason I wanted to go the like out of six thing is notice that most strategies are effective in two out of the six scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, you're able to with, with like, so one of the big changes is a slight, slight history thing for anybody who like, depending on how long you've played, uh, since we've been in this packet for so long, especially there's a lot of like, players who've been playing for like three years now who have pretty much only played on this packet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, um, this packet changed War Machine a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, like an enormous amount. Um, prior scenarios, like prior to, I think there was a packet before this that was like, had similarities, but I, I don't remember exactly. I don't remember exactly when it was, but there was, there was a sudden but shift to very very wide scenarios because yep. um, it, it used to be two that out of was, six times <laughs> yeah because it used to be that it was first to five right not winning yes. by five oh sit around children and let me regale yeah. you until it's of destruction uh, yeah destruction also, yeah good times it's also so known it's, as uh crew two goes second and never loses i know um <laughs> Or incursion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One of the flags go away. I'm sorry, read that by me again. 
Uh, yeah, good times. Uh, yeah, Incursion was the scenario that, like, my Kruger 2, I beat Scorn on it on scenario without feeding. You just like, <laughs> like, sure. Uh, why not? Poor Scorn yeah, back they, then. They couldn't redeploy. Yeah. yeah, they just couldn't, like, you TK'd the stuff away, you killed whatever came close, and it was like, uh, you just can't do anything about it. Um, yeah, good times. But, uh, so- I think I think yeah. When it when, when destruction was there, it was extremely scenario based. They yeah. kind of killed that and then got a little bit too close into bricks taking over. Uh, we saw that especially at the beginning of Mark Three, um, and now they've kind of corrected that by making especially anarchy. I just want to keep bringing up anarchy. <laughs> like anarchy looks really stupid, but it's an extremely clever design. Yeah, anarchy's great. Uh, anarchy's very good. Like King of the Hill, King of the Hill can be a little skewy at times, which is a little annoying, but. Hill uh, is silly and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I do like it a lot. Um, yeah, like c- scenarios used to be just like middle of the table. Even the most complicated scenarios were pretty much stand in the center of the table. And so, like, yeah, it's when like end of Mark II Brickless just took over <laughs> everywhere. Uh, the whole meta was basically: Are you a Brickless or can you kill Brickless? Yep. Um, that was good and then there was EE, which was both. Yeah, which was both. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and Bradigus. And Bradigus was both, but better. <laughs> yeah, not wrong. Both, but with like the most insane assassination threat you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> uh, yeah, good times. Uh, and so like the, these scenarios really spread things out. And and the big thing about that, and something that I think like we recognize this pretty early on. I remember us talking about this when these when these packets started changing, was that um, it completely changed how list design worked in in a way that was like pretty profound and uh because it yeah it really used to be you could just kind of like expect that you could have all of the synergies you needed in your little 12 inch bubble of control or whatever uh and now it's like oh my army has to like spread out and i have to have things that are like good at not having help and stuff like that you know and and be very flexible it's another subtle way they're pushing towards like super lessers and archons which i also think is good for the game that's not that's an argument i I maybe that's what we'll do next week (laughs) because i i think lots of people will disagree with that archons are good are good for the game brett's brett's hot take here honestly Uh, i had well technically it's will's hot take so i'm pretty comfortable making it so this is this is a weird kind of thought i actually had like in the middle of talking about bunkers i think it's a little off topic but i just want to mention it um i feel like because one of my things is i was like is this just like are we just like power creep and solos because i was thinking about that that i was like man solos are so much better than they were when this this packet came out like solos back then were pretty garbage for but the they're also part. way more expensive yeah they're, de- they're definitely they're definitely more expensive and the other thing though is that i got thinking about it and i was like i wonder if really kind of the design intention was having more of these like really interesting individual pieces right like yeah building the game more towards having these like really cool little single model boxes of rules and stuff that, that run around and do exactly. stuff. It, and, it lowers the model count. It makes the game faster. It makes the game more interesting and not just about like stacking synergies. Yeah. I mean, like there's definitely, there's all the arguments for and against archons. Like I get it, uh-huh. but uh, I will say that like, as the, the like development has panned out. And Archons initially definitely felt pretty out of whack and still some of them are like very strong. But um, as the kind of the development has moved on and we've sort of seen how they fit into things on the whole, like they've definitely like changed how War Machine is played in a way that has been a lot of fun. Not That's you, true. Primal Archon. I hate you still. 
Yeah, not the primal archon. <laughs> not the primal archon and strange bedfellows was still a mistake. Oh, no here. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's our rundown of uh, of all the scenarios. I thought that was a really cool suggestion to do. Um, yeah, well, thank I, you, because it was mine. Nice. Yeah, well, and it's really I, enjoyed pointing out the ratios of when things are good, and it's like it's shocking how much every every situation or every type of list is good in two of them. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's a good packet. It's it's not one that I'm sad we've been stuck on for a while because it's it could have been a lot worse. It could have been so much worse. But yeah, thankfully, it ended up ended up being being pretty all right. Um, and actually, if you're sick cool. of it, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say it's pretty cool to have a, st- a stable scenario meta. Yeah, yeah it has been interesting sitting on the same steamroller for so long, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, the strategy get way more advanced because I, I, when you mentioned this topic, I'm like, I don't really think about the scenarios that much, and then I look at the scenario, I'm like, I've got a thousand things to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if you if you're sick of them, can I just recommend Brawl Machine? <laughs> got some neat scenarios there. They they all got cool names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why why are they all space themed? I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> I think we just like we had like two of them be that way, and it was like, well, two's a theme, so we got <laughs> well, we got to stick yeah, with it now. Yeah, two. There were two of them. It made me happy, and so I started pushing for it. Yeah, yeah that's that's how most things happen around here. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, hey, maybe you want to be able to vote on our topic. Hey, I'm going to do this as awkwardly as possible. Uh, <laughs> I want to give uh, you can go check out our Patreon. I want to give a big thanks to everybody who does support us on there because you guys are absolutely awesome. The Patreon's been killing it lately, which is uh, always very exciting. Um, if you do check it out, it's patreon.com slash LOS War Machine. Uh, it's basically our tip jar. Uh, we have a couple of fun um, little things that you get for being on there. And I've brain blocked what they are. I know if that the... you if you back <laughs> yeah, it all, you get a fancy name on our Discord, uh, which is you know fun. If you back in the work Warjack tier, which is the second tier, you get to uh, vote on on a topic once per month, which is what this one was. Um, and if you're a Warcaster tier, which is the highest tier, you also get to vote on the topic. But if you send in a request for us to do the introduction in a peculiar way, or you want to record the introduction yourself, um, you're welcome to do that, and we will use it on an episode. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, seriously, the, the the Patreon is... It always blows my mind how many people are still on that after this whole last year and a half. Yep. So Yeah, it's wild. Thanks, yeah, guys. You're the best for sure. Uh also want to thank uh, the people who have chosen to sponsor us, people like figurepainters.com with the wonderful and beautiful Tyson, <laughs> who is an absolute mad scientist. He runs, of course, figurepainters.com. You can see he's got a store on there where he's got uh, really amazing like base inserts, uh, flight bases for Rocketmen, Griever Swarms, uh, Space Marines, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, and also just has a lot of like really great... Um, I'm even playing 40k and I'm not into space marines. That's gross. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, uh, he's also got a lot of just really awesome hobby stuff on there in general. Uh, and he's also uh, one of the uh, wonderful masterminds behind the glorious uh, War Machine end of the Las Vegas Open, which hopefully we'll be seeing uh, again next year. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Figurepainters.com. He's 
uh, an awesome guy. Also, big thanks to uh, Broken Egg Games. I don't think they've had anything new coming up for a little while, but uh, they've been they've been with us since the beginning. They have a very long time. Uh, if you do pick up anything off of the Broken Egg Games store, you can use the code LOS5CODE. Get 5% off everything on there. And uh, yeah, let's see if you want if you want some pretty ass tokens, which I need for multiple factions at this point. Every time I pick up a bad guy, <laughs> I'm like, guess I need Crick's tokens now. Um, yeah, good times. Uh, check them out. Yeah, Broken Egg Games. Awesome stuff. Uh, you can contact uh, me on Twitter at LOS underscore Chandler. That's that's all you're going to find on Twitter because they don't use it. Correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find our Facebook, which is just line of sight. That's kind of the easiest way to see all of the stuff that we've got going on. We post on there regularly. Um, you can see me post dumb videos of me doing stuff sometimes. It's great. Uh, and uh, yeah, give that a like. You'll be able to see all the stuff we got going on. You can also go to our Discord, which we've got the link to in the show notes on our website, which is loswarmachine.com, uh, where everything gets posted. All the wonderful articles, podcasts, like 9,000 different podcasts at this point. I believe they're listed in our intro. Um, <laughs> yeah, check out the Discord. Uh, there's a ton of conversation in there. We've got a really awesome um, uh, channel for new players. There's like a mentorship channel in there that's super good. Uh, we've got, I don't know, just any, anything you need in there. It's also the like de facto brawl machine looking for group discord. Um, so if you're looking for brawl machine games, that's a really, really great place for it. You can also look for, I don't know, whatever other kind of games you want. Oh yeah. War table in general. <laughs> yeah. War table in general, ton of conversation going on in there all the time. Super awesome people. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, that's about it, right? That's all the stuff. Yeah, I think so. Things to do it right. I think you forgot our email address, but that's about it. LOSWarmHordes at gmail.com. And that's important because if you've run an event, we want your lists for your, you know, top three or top five to add to our database. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jaden's been setting that up for us. Uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much it, though. Woo. Thanks so much, everybody. We're hanging out for what is this? 164. I even said it at the beginning. Uh, episode number 164. We'll see you guys next week with whatever we're talking about. Bye. 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 Let's